Welcome to the Kodesh Podcast. You are listening to the infallible word from the Holy Hill, God's seat of power. Let the word from the Holy Hill be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Stay blessed. This morning, Jesus is about to do it for us. Hallelujah. I don't know who is ready to receive the word of God, but I'm so ready to receive the word of God this morning because God is about to change another life. The gospel is going to be preached again. Ladies and gentlemen, with Jesus' joy, help me as we receive our convener this morning, Bishop Dennis A.J. John. Hallelujah. With Jesus' joy. Are you excited? Nothing is impossible when you give your trust in God. Nothing. Nothing is impossible. When you trust him in his word, hearken to the voice of God to thee. Isn't anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon his word. For everything, for everything, yes, everything. to lift up your hands and just thank God this morning just commit yourself into his hands this morning ask him in the name of Jesus
Holy Spirit, I ask that you'll speak to us. I commend myself into your hands. I pray that you use me as your vessel to speak to every one of us this morning. Yes. We thank you that in you we live and move and have our being. Yes. We give you all praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. It's always a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Was that not a powerful testimony? Oh, I said, was that not a powerful testimony? Hallelujah. God is in the business of transforming lives. You didn't hear me. I said, God is in the business of transforming lives. God is in the business of changing lives. Hallelujah. Well, this morning is our Swelling Sunday, and, um, which we have themed John 3.16. Hallelujah. And so my short message is from John 3.16. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, John chapter 3 verse 16, most of us know it by heart. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life hallelujah and I was wondering as I pondered over this verse that why did God give his son he said because he loved the world he loved the world why I thought that when he created us from the beginning everything was good he loved us from the beginning but here there is something specific that is being said. Hallelujah. God has always loved the world. Oh, I can't hear you. God has always loved the world. The Bible says that when he created the heavens and the earth and he created man, he saw that it was good. Hallelujah. But specifically in the New Testament, we see that there is a statement that has been made that God loved the world because of something. Which is different from when he created the world. I don't know if you are following me. And because of that love that he had for the world, he gave his son. Hallelujah. And so this morning we want to look into that. Amen. Luke chapter 19 verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thine house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, 
that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Please, I need you to take note of verse 7. The people started to talk and started to murmur. When Jesus invited Zacchaeus, this rich man, that I'm going to your house, they started to talk. You said you are the savior. You said you are the son of God. You are moving with sinners. You are, we know this man. That he has not gotten his wealth in the right way. He has been fleecing people. Extorting money from people. Hallelujah. So Zacchaeus was known to them as a sinner. And he was a sinner. But let's look at what Jesus did. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. Jesus went to his house. And he's now telling him that because I'm in your house, salvation has come to your house. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have life. When Jesus comes your way, salvation has come your way. I said salvation has come your way. Verse 10, this is why he came. And this is why God gave his son. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Or the son of man is come seeking and to save the sinner. Is somebody here or you're going home already? Are you following me? The son of man has come. To do what? Why did God give his son? We see it here. To save the sinner. To seek and to save the lost. Yes. So you see that the love of God is always expressed as the salvation for a sinner. So I would say that the focal point for the love of God is the sinner. Is the sinner. Is the one who is doing wrong. Is the one that, you know, in the testimony you see somebody who is a sinner. Yes, he had problems. Yes, he has issues. But the solution to his problems is not money. The solution to his problems is not a promise of a good life. The solution to his problem is Jesus Christ. He needed to be saved. Is somebody here this morning? Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Martin Luther, the famous Martin Luther. It is said that on his deathbed, his last words was John 3.16 and Psalm 68, verse 20. Those were his last words. You know Martin Luther, the German? Yes. The one who brought the Reformation? Yes. 
His last words were John 3, 16 and Psalm 68, verse 20. Let's read Psalm 68, verse 20. We know John 3, 16. And so we add this one. He that is our God is the God of salvation. And unto God the Lord belongeth the issues from death. From death. That you will have eternal life, but you will not die, but have eternal life. God is the God of salvation. I said the God we serve, the main thing that he's doing is to save you from your sin. Is to save me from my sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that is why Jesus came. That is why Jesus came. You know, anytime we talk about the love of God, we must look at the cross and the sinner. Because sometimes, you know, have you been there going for evangelism and then you want to witness to the person that just passed? And then you start by telling him that, you know, God loves you, God that is, that, 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 that. And he just looks at you and asks you a question. If God loves me, why am I struggling? Why is a young baby diagnosed of leukemia if God loves us? You know, one day in Botswana, I met um, this white guy. I mean, he had come to our company to do some business. So I, I got talking to him. And I started to evangelize. Immediately I started, his face changed. He got offended. And then he started to talk. That if God loves, you are telling me about the love of God. If God loves me, why did this happen to my parents? Why did this, this, this? he started very passionately. Apparently, the, the parents were very good Christians. And he, he grew up in a Christian home. But they had suffered certain tragedies in their life and in their Christian work that he could not account it all if we talk about the love of God. Because he, he says he's a man. If he says he loves his children, the things he makes sure he protects his children, doesn't want some things to happen to his children. How come that we are saying that God loves us and all these things happen to my parents? Hey, it was not easy. Uh, we couldn't finish. With the, that's where the whole outrage just stopped. Yes. And you see, come to think about it. He has a point. Oh? He has a point. You see, so when we are just talking to people about the love of God and what God can do for them, without pointing them to the cross, without talking about their sin, we miss it. You are not understanding the, the message. Last swollen Sunday was Romans 5 verse 8. What does it say? For God commended his love toward us in that whilst we were sinners. Anytime you talk about the love of God, it must connect to the cross and to sin. If you are just telling people they are going to have a good life, they will have money. They will have this. They, without telling them that you need to repent or to point them to sin. 
that the fact that they are sinners and they have need of a savior, we missed it. Are you here or you are going home? Yes. Let, let me read something from Martin Luther for you. It says, because they do not know the law of God, which is directed against them, it is impossible for them to know their sin. If they would know the law, they would also know their sin. And the sin to which they are now dead will become alive in them. So look at it. Love points you to the cross. Which points you to the law. When we talk about the law, just take it that is the Ten Commandments. I'll just take it that. I'll come to that. The Ten Commandments. We are still talking about John 3.16. Yes. The, ten, the law of Moses. Anytime you see the law, especially when Paul is talking about the law, he's talking about the, the laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments, which Moses received. And Martin Luther is saying that, you see, people cannot reform until they know why they must reform. Why do I need a savior? If I don't think I'm a sinner. And growing up secondary school, there were people like that. So, ah, so I'm okay. I'm a good person. I don't fornicate. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't, I don't, when we are going to drink, I don't go some. I mean, I'm a correct person. I'm focused on my books. Well, what are you telling me? I'm a good person. Have you met such a person before? Yeah. Yeah. So he's a good person. He doesn't see what wrong he has done to have to accept Jesus Christ. Like people who say they are born, born again. But he said, when God loved the world and Jesus came, you see, Jesus stands for somebody who went to the cross to die. For what? For our sins. But how would you know that you're a sinner? Eh? If the, the law is not there. It's the law that shows us our sin. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 or verse 4. I think verse 4. It says, sin is the transgression of the law. Yes. Sin is the transgression of the law. You see, if we say in this church that coming here, you are not allowed to come here. Like we put just where the carpet ends. So you are not allowed to cross. And you cross. You have sinned. Is it correct? Is it correct? Yeah. When there is no law, there is no there is no sin. When the law is not that, that, if you do this, if you do this, you have done something wrong, then there's no problem. But the law comes to show us that this is sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every man may be sought, and all the world may become guilty before God. So the whole world becomes guilty before God through the law. Through the law. 
That's when the whole world becomes guilty. Continue. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. We will come. But I'm saying that anytime you see the law, Ten Commandments. So through the Ten Commandments, you know, am I sinning? Am I doing something wrong? Am I a sinner? It says it's through the law that there's the knowledge of sin. Romans 7, 7. Just follow me. It's not a shouting message, so you have to follow me very closely. For what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Say God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. So if God had not given Moses the Ten Commandments, we would not know what is sin. We can just fornicate. Because God had not said that sleeping with 300 girls is a sin. He has not said, he has not said anything like that. So I'll just be, we'll just be moving in the system. Yeah. Yeah. That's our not steal. He has not said anything like that. You, somebody, you put your iPhone here, somebody takes it. Ah, it's not, it's not wrong. Nothing forbids me from... But immediately the law comes and says that you shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not bear false witness. Immediately you know that if I do this, I have sinned. Is somebody following me at all? But you see, until we bring the law, sin, we cannot know what is sin. Let me bring it to our normal life, like civil law. The lawyers will help me. In Ghana, we don't have this, but I'm sure you can understand. Elsewhere, there are speed limits. In Ghana, we have speed limits. It's just that we don't, we don't use it properly. Yes. So, so, but elsewhere, there are speed limits. Is it like South Africa on the highway is 120 kilometers per hour. Like on the highway. So, we'll be on it. Yes. But you see, the accidents that happen there are very wild. I've not seen some any very, because people go 200 kilometers per hour, because the road is is lying there. Very good road, three lanes going, three lanes coming. There's no cures by the side. People are not crossing. No, no, no. So they are moving. But the speed limit is 120 kilometers. So, if I tell you that you had a fine of, let's say, $1,000, right? I've paid it for you. But you don't know, you don't know that you have a fine. So I come to tell you that I have some good news for you. I've paid your fine of $1,000. You ask yourself, ah, is this good news? Would it be, you don't know that you have a fine. Please, are you following me? You don't know. But I came to tell you that I have good news for you. The good news is that I've paid your fine for you, $1,000. I've paid it. Would you be excited about my news? I should have, I should have given it to you. Yeah. Yes. Because 
doesn't know that he owes any fine or whatever. But if I come to tell you that, you, you, you know that when you went out, eh, you were driving on the highway, and immediately you saw that there are cameras. The camera just went, pa, 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 means that Charlie, uh, yes, it's like you have been caught because you are moving at 200 kilometers per hour. And so you realize that Charlie, you are very, see, after you have been caught, you see that immediately you slow down. And then say, Charlie, I'm hot. And then they send you the bill. It's $1,000. But before the bill comes, eh, I've, I've paid it already. I've gone to pay it. So when you get the bill, I come and tell you that as you are looking at the bill, so I've paid it. I've, I've, already, I've paid your bill. Is it good news? Is it good news? Why is this good news? Because you know the crime that you committed. So the solution I'm bringing makes sense and is good news for you. That is what the scripture is saying. That is what the scripture is saying. That without the law, you wouldn't know that you have, a, you have need of Jesus Christ. You wouldn't know because you don't know that you are a dirty sinner. Ephesians says that we are dead in sin and trespasses. You don't know. Hallelujah. And sometimes even people say, oh, we, 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 we are okay, sir. This person is doing it. This person is doing it. This person. It's like we are all speeding. Have you been speeding and then you meet that there's a police with a camera? You say immediately you apply the brakes and then you start going slow. You don't care the others who are speeding. I didn't hear you. You don't care about the others who are speeding. So when you think that, oh, everybody is drinking, everybody is humanizing, everybody is doing the wrong thing, but the law comes, you see that it becomes a personal thing. It's not about somebody else. Because it's saying, you see that, that you should not commit adultery. You should not sin. You should not, you should not lie. You should not bear false witness. You should not make any graven images. You see that immediately the thing becomes personal. That is why Jesus came. But until you know the law. So you see, many times when you are going for evangelism, you should be able to present the law to people. For them to know who they are. Before you now tell them about the love of God. Are you hearing me? Yes. Yes. Until you do that. That's why many... You see, and, and sometimes many Christians... Just come to church, go, because all they want is a good life. But they have not stopped sinning. Because they have not met the policeman with his camera. They have not met him. But the day you meet the Lord, say, ah, wow, not knowing that I'm a terrible liar. I need Jesus. Ah, it's not easy for me. I told any woman I see, I start to have some feelings. When you know that this is what the law is saying, that is why the Bible says that God loved the world, that he sent Jesus, that whosoever believes in him, because he's the savior. But until you come to the point where you realize that I have need of a savior, 
it, it's, it's just, it's not good news. It's not gospel to you. Are you following me? Yes. Hallelujah. And so, church, we need to understand and we need to know this truth. Because else many people come into our midst that are not changed. Are not changed. I said they are not changed. I said they are not changed. You know, I read a story of a guy who was traveling on the airplane and he was given a, a parachute just in case of emergency. So the air hostess gave him a parachute. But he said, oh, he should, he should put it on. He should, he should put it on because in case it's an emergency to help him. So he put it on. But as he was sitting in the plane with this parachute, I, very uncomfortable. I can't wear this thing at all. It's very uncomfortable. So he removed it. Then there was another guy. You see, this one, he had just told him that, just put it on just in case you may need it. But another guy, the, another hostess had taken the time to explain to him what is like, what can happen. And when that thing happens, what he should do. Hallelujah. So he explained to him and then he asked him to put the, this thing on. So he won it, even though it was uncomfortable. He knew that this plane can go down. So he was thinking about his salvation. That in case something happens, I'm secure. So even though I'm not feeling comfortable in this thing, because of my life, because of my life, because of my life, I've not finished. Then something happened. Something happened. The two passengers. There was this guy who was serving tea, hot tea, and he happened to pour it on them. On both of them. Then the guy who had not been, he's not feeling comfortable, he just moved the thing. He got upset with this air hostess. He said, why? But the other guy, look, he just said, but because he didn't get so upset or offended. Do you know why? Because of in case, in case something happens on this flight, I'm thinking about how I'll be able to get out in one piece. So yes, I'm feeling uncomfortable. You have made it worse by the tea that you have poured on me, but I'm not offended. Why? Why? He's thinking about his salvation. Many of us, we are not thinking, it said that whosoever believes in him should have eternal life. We are not thinking about the end at all. We don't have the end in sight. So somebody should say something small, that's the end of your Christianity. That's the end of your service to God. Because you don't have the end in sight. The Bible says that everyone must work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. Church of God, I came to announce to you that thing is up to the end. It is not salvation only for today, but salvation for tomorrow till the end. 
till the end. Till the end. When you have Jesus, that's why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you are looking unto him, your savior, the one who loved you, the one who gave himself for you, the one who went through pain, who was spat upon, when you, you have him in front of you, and you are looking at the end, no offense. I said, no offense will take you out. I said, no offense will take you out. I said, no offense will take you. Is somebody here at all? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Let's look briefly at the Ten Commandments. I want to show you the law. Exodus 20. Exodus chapter 20 from verse 2. I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Verse 3. So this is the first commandment. Do you know the Ten Commandments? Ask your neighbor, do you know the Ten Commandments? Is it like Bishop said that somebody said, oh, you are preaching basics. But you see, it's the basics that is everything. We know how to receive, but we don't know that we are in sin. And so when somebody is talking about Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. Our brother was sharing the testimony, uh, and our auntie Millicent, he didn't have money. You know, somebody is living outside, you know, in an uncompleted building. You see, somebody can think about Jesus. Somebody else can think, how can I get him money or get him a job or do something? They are two different people. Are you listening? But somebody is thinking about your salvation. It's not about where you are staying. It's not about the conditions you are living under. You need Jesus. Why? You are a sinner. And until we bring you to that place to show you that you are a sinner, it doesn't make sense that I need Jesus. That's the whole point that I'm, 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 I'm making this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the first commandment, you shall not have any other gods before me. Any other gods. Anything that replaces God in your life falls into this category. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So some people, they can't come to church because of their jobs. They cannot serve God in any way. Just even a small way. Just, just one person. I'll take one person and follow this one person up. Make sure the person is established in Christ and is doing the right thing. Teaching the person how to have quiet time. How to read the Bible. How to pray. Can't do it. Because your work has become your God. Your marriage has become your God. That's why Jesus said that if you can leave all these things and come and follow me. You are not my disciple. Let's think about the things that we are committed to. It can be a God in front of you right there like this. Of course, there are physical gods like where he went. That's serving somebody else. Hallelujah. 
Are you here or you are going home? I feel like you are not here. You want me to say that you are blessed? You are blessed. God is blessing you. God is giving you a new car. That's what you want. So you see, we, 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 we have mega churches, but it's almost like people are not changing. Verse, verse, verse 4. Verse 4. Thou shalt not make any graving image or likeness of anything that is in heaven above or is in the earth beneath or that is in water under the earth. So you see, a born-again believer, Bishop was telling the story of, you know, um, a Christian family, and they said that the God in the family, you know, it's your turn to also host it. It's your turn to host the God. So the mother was coming to give the God to the son, that now you have to host it in your house. And the wife said, no, 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 we are Christians. And it's becoming, it became like a marital something. Because the guy, he, 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 he says he's born again, but he doesn't know why he's born again. So somebody has paid his fine, but it's like, ah, I don't have any fine. You, you should have come and give me the money. He doesn't know why. He doesn't know why. So you are here as a child of God. You say you are a Christian, you are born again. And you are still meddling in other gods, worshipping other gods and doing these type of things. It's a sin. It says it's only by the law that we know what is a sin. Look, Galatians chapter 3 verse 24. Very quickly, I'll come back to Exodus as I come to the end. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law was our schoolmaster. It's like a very hard headmaster in school. Have you had one before? Yeah. I had one, a sister headmaster, it was called London. The man's palms are eh, very heavy and he liked to slap students. Said, thick, tall man, and his palms. You know, there are some people, they are, they are I don't know whether it's tissues or. They are, it's very heavy. And, he, and sometimes he also lies giving. Everything is in his hands. He lies giving knocks. Foolish boy. Foolish boy. Foolish boy. Then he will be knocking you. Knock, and his hands are heavy. When he gives you one, you feel it. Hey, hey. London. When you say London is coming, everybody is scattering. Yeah. See, so a schoolmaster, the law. That is pointing your sin to you. That is almost dragging you to do the right thing. And is bringing you to who? The Savior Jesus Christ. Is bringing you to Jesus. Is bringing you to Jesus. Is bringing you to Jesus. That's what the law is there for. That's what the law is there for. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Don't think that. You see, in the, in the dispensation of grace... It's like the, the law is not needed. No, it's not true. It's not true. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. We'll finish with the Ten Commandments very soon. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, when the law comes, it says, it's like you see your sin. But when that thing is now abounding, grace also abounds. Because of Jesus Christ. I said because of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about amazing grace, you cannot have amazing grace without the law. Without knowing your state that you are a sinner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Let's continue. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 5. Verse 6. Verse 7. This is the third commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. How many of you think you are guilty of this one? Always using the name of Hey, Jesus! You have broken this law. Ah, hey, Jesus is what? Is what? Is what? You tell me, is what? The name, no. How have you used it? Eh? I've used it in vain. Or it's to do something. Some, oh God. Some people even use it as a curse word. Oh? Are you here or you are going home? Some people use the name yeah, as a curse word. Can I ask you a question? Can you use your mother's name as a curse word? You dare not. Can you use your father's name as a curse word? So how, how about God? How about God? Is he not your father? Yeah. So you should not use the name. Don't just mention the name and then it's like there's nothing to it. Hallelujah. Are you here or going home? Verse 8. You can easily say that you don't break this law, but you can, I'm, I'm explaining it to you. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Nowadays, I don't know, but a lot of has changed. I mean, our Sabbath is Sunday. Is that not the case? Yes. When I was growing up, Sunday was a day for church. There was no school. There was no class. You are going to class. You are doing a course. I don't know, but there was nothing like that. Maybe, when, maybe because I was young, I didn't know, but there was nothing like that. No lectures on Sundays. So when the world is becoming more evil, that's when all these things are now. So people, if somebody can be the whole year, he has not stepped into church. When the Bible says that those appearing in Zion are moving from strength to strength, from strength, from glory to glory, there's a place for coming to the house of God in your Christian experience. Definitely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next one. There's 12. Very quickly, let me finish. Honor your father and your mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth which the Lord has given you. It's also one of the commandments. One of the commandments. Yeah. Honor your father and your mother. Biological parents, spiritual parents, you have to honor them. 
is a commandment from God. When you break it, that's the end. Hallelujah. Verse 13. You shall not murder. Verse 14. Shall not commit adultery. Verse 15. Shall not steal. Verse 16. Shall not bear false witness. Verse 17. Shall not covet anything that is your neighbor's. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is the Ten Commandments, Church of God. Until we know the law, we cannot appropriate the grace of God. Until we know the law, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, doesn't mean much. It can be a, a verse that you know by heart, but it may not mean much to you. But when you realize that I am a sinner, and if I don't change, death lies at my door. Physical death, spiritual death, lies at my door. It makes you start to think, how can I get out of this? That's where now the law is pointing you to Christ. It's pointing you to your Savior. It's pointing you to the grace of God that is able to save you. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. Verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Look at it. But for the lawless. So here, Paul is listing our sins or the sinner. Please put the scripture back. The law is for the lawless. It's for the disobedient. Is for the ungodly, for unholy, for the profane, for murders of fathers, murders of mothers, manslayers. Hallelujah. Verse 10, whoremongers. For them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The law. The law. So church of God, God loved us that he gave his son. Why? Why? Because we were dead in sin and trespasses. In Ephesians, Paul says that we were dead in sin and trespasses. And because of that, he sent Jesus to come and shed his blood so that you and I can receive forgiveness of sin. This morning you are here. If I ask you now, have you stolen before? How many of you have stolen before? How many of you are, you are current in it? Yeah, there are a few hands. Yes, God bless you for your honesty. How many of you have committed fornication before? Or adultery? Or you are in it? See, we are laughing, but it's a serious thing. There are people in the church that... Have converted other people's wives. They are in the church. Other people. You have a wife, you are converting somebody else. You are broken the law. I said, You are broken the law. You are feeling free in the church. I said, You are broken the law. You need to repent. 
you need to repent of your sins. You need repentance. So when Jesus, let's come back to Zacchaeus. When he went to Zacchaeus' house, he says, today salvation has come. Because you have been converting other people's things. You have been stealing from people. That's why he said, if I, I restore fourfold. Yes. Yes. And the reason he was looking for Jesus Christ, I believe that his conscience will not allow him. His conscience will not allow him. Jesus said, today salvation. So when he met Jesus, everything changed. Church of God. We need Jesus in our lives. We need a savior. That is why the expression of God's love was to send that savior to you and I. Please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. tells David you know there's a rich man and there's a poor man they all have sheep but the rich man has a visitor, has a guest and decides that he's going to take the poor man's sheep and slaughter it for his guest and then immediately David starts to get angry so why? you're a rich man, you have your sheep, the poor man also has sheep, why have you gone to take his? And then David said, this rich man, he must restore fourfold and he must die. And then prophet Nathan says, you are that rich man. You are the rich man. Maybe you are here. When we went through the Ten Commandments, you can see that Look, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I am a sinner, a dirty sinner, but today I am changing from my, I am turning around from my wicked ways. I am turning around. Charles Spurgeon says something. Sinners will never accept grace. Listen up. Sinners will never accept the amazing grace of God until they tremble before a just and holy Lord. 
It's true. It's true. Some of you will be driving. Now, when you see a policeman, you see that you organize yourself. You start to tremble. Yeah, that's what the Lord does. So you are here this morning. You want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus. You are saying, I'm a sinner. I'm a, I steal. I've been fornicating left, right, center. I do all these bad things. Bear false witness. I don't honor my parents. I don't talk to my father. I'm fighting with my mother. I disrespect her. That is you. It's not a hopeless situation. You didn't hear me. I said it's not a hopeless situation. God is extending his grace to you right now, wherever you are. You are here with all eyes closed. You want to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I want you to lift up your hand in your air. I've lifted up my hand. Join me. I want you to lift up your hand high above your head. High up. I see those hands. God bless you. Lift up your hands. Beautiful. I see those hands. God bless you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I want you to do one last thing. With your lifted hand, I want you to walk to me. Walk and come to the front. With your lifted hand, you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I come to you. I come to you just as I am. Just as I am. Come from everywhere with your lifted hand. Come. Come, 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 come. Love the world that he gave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. to accept Jesus come the son of man has come to seek and to say that which is lost Maybe there's somebody here. You know, everyone who came to Jesus, he, they came to him publicly. I read Zacchaeus to you. A woman at the well. Woman with the issue of blood. I mean, all, it's not private. They came public. Even Zacchaeus, he came public, then he took him to his house. All is not private. So you are here. You know that you are struggling for nication. You know, you know. If we don't mention the things, eh? If we don't mention the things that this is it. So people don't respond. And sometimes people are, you have to tremble under a holy law. That's what Spurgeon is saying. Maybe you are here. Yours is, you just, you sleep with this girl, you leave them, you promise them, you marry them. Then they, they become loose. Or they, you know, they start of giving, and then you you disappoint them. That has been your your lifestyle. You are here. Somebody here, you steal. You you like, I mean, you steal. 
but you are standing right there. And many other sins, but you have not come. As I'm talking, you see that there is a tremble in your heart. That's the law that is speaking to you. But the grace of God is what will bring you here. It's what will make you now come to the front right now and join us. You are here like that. I want you to come. Lift up your hand. Come and join us. Come and join us. Don't leave here. You see, it says in the days of ignorance, God winged that. But now, now that we know the truth, we know the law, we know our state and why Jesus came, you don't have any excuse anymore. If you are here like that, I want you to come very quickly. Lift up your hand and come. Lift up your hand and come. We are waiting for you. We are waiting for you. We are waiting for you. Come. 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 You are trembling. The grace of God is abundant for you. Come. God is calling you. Come. Come. instruction whether you come forward or you stand right there whichever but don't leave here without dropping your sins and leaving free for you please listen to me carefully for you to be some way to walk here but I'm telling you that you are in the congregation repent repent hallelujah let us pray those of you from look at me today something powerful is happening in your life some of you may not even understand it. But I'm telling you that something powerful is happening. As you have come to say, forgive me of my sins. That's why you came. That God should forgive you of all your sins. Is that not the case? Yes. yes. And now you are turning from your sin. What are some of the sins you have committed before? Yes. Ready. I wanted you to just tell me one, but it's okay. Let's pray. Jesus. Say with me, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you today. I thank you today. I have heard your word. I have heard your word. I realize. I have realized. From the law. From the law. From the Ten Commandments. From the Ten Commandments. That I am a sinner. That I am a sinner. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against you. I've done many bad things against you. I've done many bad things. But thank you. Thank you. 
that you sent Jesus, Jesus to come and die for my sins. To come and die for my sins. Today, Today I pray. I pray. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sins. And help me to live for God. And help me to live for I God. thank you that you have made me a new person. That you have made me a new that person. I am born again. That I am born again. Say with me, Satan. Satan. Listen. Listen. From today. From today. Me and you. Is finished. finished. I will no longer serve you. I will no longer live for you. I will only live for Jesus. I will only serve Jesus. I will only serve Jesus all my life. All my life. I thank you, Father. I thank you for today. For today. In Jesus' name. I pray. With thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. For more information on upcoming programs and events, visit our Facebook page, Kodesh Family Church, Ghana HQ. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every day. And remember, God's word is a lamp onto your feet and a light onto your path.